0: Asked me today to come and speak on authentic Christianity. What in the world is that? What is it? What is authentic Christianity? Suppose we ought to just dig in and make a definition? How about that? Can you bring up my slides, please? Authentic means of undisputed origin, genuine. Is made or done in the traditional or original way? Or in a way that faithfully resembles the original? That's what we're going to focus on today, okay? Because who's the original Christian? Anybody know? Oh, I got this quiet crowd who's afraid to say something because this big guy up front, he might hammer me. Who's the original Christian? This is where everybody speaks out loud. What does the word Christ mean? Is that his name or a title? Wrong. It's a title. You know what it means? It means Messiah, right? So who is the original Christian? Jesus. You sure it's not Paul? Are you sure? It's not. Peter? This bunch is based on facts, accurate or reliable. So what is authenticity? Next slide, please. Authenticity is the quality of being authentic. So if we know what authentic is, it's real, it's original. It's the thing that it's modeled after. Then that authenticity is acting like what it's modeled after. How many of you guys like sports? Favorite sports player? Football. Oh, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson. Do you have a favorite person in anything? Mom? Um, the girl that's sitting next to you? You don't have a favorite? How about, um, if not sports... Serena Williams, awesome tennis player. What else? Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Uh, w- <laughs> w- what are you into? Gosh, soccer. Who's your favorite soccer player? You don't have one. Kirby. Who? Kirby. That, that guy that plays for, uh... yeah, I know who he is. Emmett which Emmett Huh I haven't seen it Okay listen to me now if if you want to be like that person you're going to do what they do say what they say right So then you would have the quality of Emmett you would be a Lego guy You would be a quarterback You would be a soccer player Who would you pick you would be a tennis star. <laughs> now we're going to get started. Okay, so, so now we know what authentic is. And now we know that if we want to be authentic, we've got to act like or, or be like. Name the person. So what is authentic Christianity? Next slide, please. No, no, don't, don't put that up. Sorry. What is authentic Christianity? Acting like Christ. Let me back up and ask you this question. What is Christianity? A religion. A religion. A God. You know what? If it's a religion, it's worthless. Yeah. Following which God? God? Uh-huh. I'm not trying to pick on you, but you realize today people worship thousands of gods. Every one of you have one in your living room. It's called television. And that television shows pictures of all people's gods. And did you know the Hindus believe in millions of gods? And the different, I bet you there's a thousand churches in the city. I live in Jenison and you can't go down the block without running into a church. And, and or a building that's called a church. And they all believe different things. And they all teach different things. But if Being a Christian is what? Because I'll bet you 700 of those churches, at least 700 of those churches, say they're Christian churches are not Christian churches. What's it mean to be a Christian? Do you know? No, what do you think it is? I don't care, right or wrong, it doesn't matter. What do you think Christian is? Having, uh, having Having Jesus as your Savior. What's that mean? Don't answer that question. We'll, we'll walk it out. Uh, I guess I'll pick on you since I'm not picking on your wife. Although I should pick on her. What's it, what does it mean to be a Christian? To follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. Um, that God that you're talking about, that's Jehovah. He's the God of the Bible, right? Is that who you meant? Yeah. But see, to a lot of people, that, that means a lot of different things. If you say you follow God then they automatically think that you follow the same image of what they think God is. Now, I got a pretty good idea of who it is to you. But the reason I asked you is most of the people don't know. They don't. Most of the people, there are people walking down this earth that their God is Stephen Curry, Serena Williams. It's not Matthew Stafford. (laughs) I'm kidding you. I had a young lady in here last service that she mentioned a gymnast. She want to be like that gymnast. I can't remember her name because gymnast is not a sport I get into because do I look like this body built for gymnastics? <laughs> no. Okay, totally not. Okay, but, but here's the thing. What is uh, I guess we know what authentic means, but do we really know what Christian means? Somebody said, like Jesus. You do have to have a relationship with Christ to be authentic. And we'll get to that, I promise. What did he act like? And remember, Christ is his title. It's not his name. When you say Jesus Christ, you're saying Jesus the Messiah. The Savior. Okay? What did Jesus act like? Can you put that slide up now? This is, this is my definition of what Christianity is. It's the act or actions of being like Christ or Jesus. The word really means Christ-like. Whoever said that, you're right. That's what the word means in the original language. See, the world sees all of these different religions and all of these different things. And to them, it looks real. So they follow it. So I got... little quiz for you. Can you put my pictures up, please, one at a time? Which one's real and which one's fake? The one that's not in the ring ring is real. Anybody thinks the one in the ring is real? Anybody just want to go with his answer because they don't want to hazard a guess? (laughs) Which one's real? The The one outside the ring. Yeah, I guess. The one inside the ring. Neither of them. Interesting. It's the one outside the ring. Did you know the value of the one outside the ring is infinitely more than the one inside the ring? But tell me, girls, that one inside that ring look good? Is, it, is is any one of you girls not want to have that ring? Because oh, you don't want to have that ring. Really, if I take that ring out of my pocket and say you can have it, you don't want it. And then I'm pointing at you because you shook your head no. You would or would not. You would because it looks good, don't it? But it's a fake. Next slide. Rolex, y'all know these watches. Ten thousand dollars on your wrist, right? Which one's real? Which one's fake? Interestingly <laughs> enough, that's how it works. <laughs> which one's real? Which one's fake? The one that's sm- bigger is. Fake. They're both same size. Um, they are. Yep. Huh? I Left is fake. Yeah, yeah, I was Left is fake. Which one's fake? I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> They're both fake. They're both from New York. <laughs> Next one. No, wait a second. Before you go, come back, just real quick. If that was real, that watch is worth over ten thousand dollars. That's a Rolex that's a knockoff of a Rolex man uh, mariner. Now if I gave you that watch, you'd dig it, wouldn't you, and you'd like to have it. But it's a fake. And there's not very many people in the world tell you that whether or not that's real or fake. Last one. Which one's real and which one's fake? You realize one of those pairs of shoes is worth over $225? Um, right, right is real. Left one real? You're going with his answer. The right one's real. The right one is real. Interestingly enough, the left one is fake. But that one should have been easy because who said it? It says Nike on it. But if you were wearing them, most people couldn't tell. See, that's the trouble with religion. How do you tell? If you don't know the original, if you don't know what Christianity looks like, feels like, acts like, how do you know? So what is it? What is real what is real Christianity? What is real authentic Christianity? James chapter 1, verse 27. I'm going to tell you what real religion is. Okay? I have this in a different translation, so I'm going to read from my notes. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself spotted from the world. Well, you all know what it means to visit orphans and widows, right? You go visit orphans and people who have lost their... Husband or wife and you visit with them and you take care of them and you you take care of their needs and you friend them and you make sure that they feel loved. And the other part is the tough part. Because it's easy to go visit that lady down the block whose husband died, right? No, probably not so much anymore, but it should be. The, The Bible is saying that pure and undefiled religion, in other words, to us, Christianity is to visit the widows and the orphans, It's to do the little things, to take care of the people who need to take care, be taken care of and keep yourself, in this, this version says, from being polluted by the world. Well, it's pretty easy to be polluted by the world, isn't it? It's pretty easy to be influenced by the world, to be like the world. Y'all said who your favorite person is, your favorite sports star is. And it's pretty easy to be like them if you've got the talent. But it's really tough. It's really easy not to be like them because they're not standing next to you in your school, are they? Or in your neighborhood or in your house. To be undefiled by the world is a difficult thing. Because it surrounds you. It can engulf you. It's amazing to me. How much of your music do you think is original? None. You sure you don't think all that music that you listen to is new and fresh? And eighty or ninety percent of music today is is a, a, a remix of something, and a lot of it's copied from the eighties. Hello, I'm a child of the eighties. Y'all, y'all really just taking my music and cutting it up. Okay. But most singers today can't sing, because what's that that auto-tune? If I take auto-tune away, most of those people sing as bad as I do. I take auto-tune away from half the rappers in the world, and they just sound like dudes who cannot sing. You know, a lot of the female singers take auto-tune away. They're pretty, but they don't sing too good. (laughs) It's fake. Sounds good, though, doesn't it? Sounds good, but it's fake. It's not them. It's been auto-tuned. It's been tweaked. It's been reverbed. It's been something. Most of these gorgeous models, right, have been tweaked to no end. We used to have a video where they take this, not unattractive, but average-looking woman, and they time-lapse all the steps to put her on a billboard that looks like this just phenomenal woman, and she's just this average-looking woman that they made her all up. And then they went to Photoshopping her, put her on a billboard. And if you put those two faces next to each other, you'd think it was two different people. In fact, you'd think it was mother and daughter. Here's the trouble. And this is the crux of it. Every one of you go to school with, live in the same neighborhood with, or have people in your family who are killing themselves inside. They're cutting. They're drugging, alcohol. They're young people engaged in physical relationships that they're way too young to start. There's girls and guys giving themselves away physically because they're empty inside. They're cutting themselves because there's so much pain inside and they don't know where to go to get the answer to it. They're killing themselves because the answer to their problem is right here, but they won't push the box down. They don't push the box down because they don't see the answer. And they chase after every spiritual thing in the world. It just blows my mind. There's a, there's a guy who used to be from here and he started out in really good roots uh, doctrinally and spiritually. And he evolved into this preacher and now he's some kind of spiritual guru and he's so far away from the truth that it blows my mind. But yet, people look to him For Christianity. The answer to every one of the people around you, friends, family, doesn't matter what, problems, healing for their hurts, security for their insides, value and worth in their lives is Jesus. And if they don't see them, they won't get it. And if you won't show them, they'll never see it. And if you don't show them what's real, they'll follow a fake he 's right. The streets are full of, the streets in New York are stereotypically full of guys going like this. Can I interest you in a watch? And you'll buy that Submariner for $55 and put it on your wrist. And all the people around you go, oh, look at him. You got a $10,000 watch. And they'll go, ooh, ah, cool. It's a fake. But they'll believe it because they don't know the truth. People follow all these quote-unquote spiritual gurus and they believe all these lies about not being worth anything because nobody 's shown them the truth because nobody seems to want to live real authentic christian lives they don 't want to do the hard stuff they don 't want to live what they read and they 're dying they 're literally dying inside it's it's Christianity has to be who you are, and what you do, or it's worthless. Because if it's not real, why bother? Costume jewelry is okay, all right? But it doesn't have any value standing next to the real stuff, does it? Being a nice religious person is okay, but it doesn't stand a candle next to... Somebody who can live it. You guys are in one of the coolest youth rooms in the country, believe it or not. And you guys have a blast, don't you? Pastor Tim is an awesome pastor, am I right? He makes things fun, don't he? And you learn because he's a cool guy and a great teacher, right? You know what? doesn't matter one bit if you don't get outside them walls and through them doors and live what he teaches you because you know what this building is supposed to be for? Somebody tell me what this building is supposed to be for. Learning about Jesus, Learning about Jesus. what else? Living for, him. Living for him. See, you can come to a building on a Wednesday and a Saturday or a Sunday and walk outside the place and act like nothing happened inside of it changed. You're supposed to come here and you're supposed to be energized, supposed to be encouraged. You're supposed to be taught. You're supposed to be equipped. And then you're supposed to get out there and act like it. Well, if you walk through the doors and walk out the same way as you walked in, why'd you walk through the doors? To fill an hour? You see, we are supposed to come here to learn, to be encouraged. And we're supposed to go out there and and live what we learn. Because they're crying for real. They're absolutely dying for real. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a rock concert. I've been to a couple back in the day. And in fact, I've worked security at them. And I'm telling you that I've watched my experiences with the girls. I'm sure guys probably do the same thing. Literally degrade themselves to get next to this star. They'll do anything to get next to their God. God and they have no idea that they're worshiping a God, and they have no real idea even that they're worshiping. But they'll do whatever it takes to get right up next to him, because this is just so cool and awesome and fulfilling that I don't care what I've got to do to get there, I'll get there. Wow, how many guys work worked that hard to get at your God? How real is it if it doesn't change everything around you? If it doesn't change the way you look at things, if it doesn't change how you react to things, if it doesn't affect your every thought, action, response, or word out of your mouth, what good is it? James chapter 1, verse 22 says this, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. See, it says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but it does not do not eh, does not do what it says, is like someone who looked at his face in the mirror and afterward, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And my translation is, says what he is like. You see, I think Christianity is life. I think it's a relationship with the God who created you, so much so that it affects how you think and how you act. Because that's what happened with Jesus. If you take time to read the Gospels and just pay attention to what he did and said and how he reacted to people. There's a passage in the in in Bible that talks about um, a woman caught in adultery. And if you don't know what adultery is, that's a married person messing with somebody he, should, he or she should not be messing with. So this woman gets caught in adultery and the religious leaders of the day drag her before Jesus. Now, it takes two people. I don't know where the dude is, but he should have been brought along. And the Old Testament law, which they go by, says that she should be stoned to death. Dig a hole, bear her halfway, and throw rocks at her till she dies. That's the punishment she's supposed to be getting. And they're testing him to see if he'll say she's supposed to be stoned. What did he say? No. Who said that? That's exactly what it says. He says to all these religious leaders, you know, all these church guys, all these supposed to know it. He says, if any amongst you is without sin, cast the first stone. So she can't answer now. what they do? They dropped their stones and walked away, right? Here's the important part. What did Jesus do? Wait, let me ask you another question. What's the law? What is he supposed to do? Because he's without sin, right? What's he supposed to do? Stone her to death. What did he do? He No. What did he do? What did he say to her? Nope. He didn't. His action said it. She says, he says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. So he told her the truth, didn't he? you messing up. Don't do it no more. She should have been stoned to death. That was the penalty she deserved. Does he treat us with the penalty we deserve? Absolutely not. He shows us mercy and grace, doesn't he? Look how he acted. Not only did he point out what was wrong? He was honest enough to say you're messing up. But he was graceful enough to say, don't do it no more. He didn't condemn her. He said, I, neither do I condemn you. When you hear the word, when you hear Pastor Tim speak, if it doesn't change you, if it doesn't teach you, if it doesn't cause you to do it differently or to do it like he's teaching you or like the word is teaching you, it's like looking in the mirror and going, take me. Man, I'm dusting. What kind of a moron looks in a mirror whose name is Troy? who walks away and goes, I'm Dustin. Sounds ridiculous, don't I? He's a cool guy. And I wish I was skinny as he was. <laughs> okay? But he's saying if you hear the word and you don't do it, you're like that goofball who looks in the mirror and doesn't even know who he is. It's got to be real. you got to read it, hear it. It's got to change you. And, and, and you got to be able to apply it. you got to live it. Because there's an awful lot of people living the fake stuff. There's an awful lot, awful lot of people following the fake stuff, and they need the real stuff. I mean, you guys got, or know of somebody's killed themselves. This is the truth. People who kill themselves have hedged themselves in a box. All they can see is the sides of the box. All they can see is their trouble. They, all they can see is the problem. Okay. And the answer is right here. And all you got to do is move that box just a little and you can see the answer. Well, guess what? If you got Jesus in your heart, if he is who you are, if he, his word affects how you live, you just got to rub up on Him. You just got to be near them so that they see that there is something better and something real. And they'll push the box down. How many of you guys are around people who just struggling with... Uh, worthlessness inside, and that's not the term I'm searching for. They, they, they don't have an honest opinion of who they are. Some of us in this room are struggling with that. I want you to know right now that it's a lie from the pit of hell that you're anything but great, that you have great worth, that you fit in right here, that you fit in, that God created you, that you are special, that you have great meaning that your life is worthwhile. It's a lie from the pit of hell. If you, and if you don't tell that voice, that lie to get packing, you're asking for trouble. Tell it to get packing. There was a young girl a couple of weeks ago who stood up here and spoke. And she talked about how she was through this horrible situation. And then through all of it, she started cutting. And she started thinking about suicide. And she had been delivered and set free But I kind of thought, and maybe I'm right or wrong, I don't know. I heard that she was sort of holding on to some of it. And in my head, it's screaming, tell Satan to shut up. Tell that liar to go. How are they going to tell the liar to go if they don't see the truth teller? How are they going to know that there's love, real love, not this guy's cute and he pays attention to me, love or this girl's cute and she pays attention to me, love. How are they going to know if we don't live it? And I'm guilty, okay? I don't want any of you to be perfect. I just want you to be real. Real, authentic Christianity looks different than everything they see because it is different. Because they expect you to put on a facade. They expect you to dress up. They expect you to cut your hair in a certain way, do your nails, act, act, listen to certain music, all these different groups. And all we need to do is act like him. Real, authentic Christianity changes worlds. Our calendar, for Pete's sakes, B.C. and A.D. This guy that never exists is not God. The calendar starts after his death. Interesting. Interesting. It's about, let's just say, hundreds of different religions supposedly started because of the guy that never existed. See, why? Why do we need to live it? I've sort of already told you, right? We need to live it because they need to see it. Because they have seen so much fake that they don't know what they see. You need to believe in your God and His Word and His faithfulness to perform it Because they don't. I had a couple of my uh, former athletes in here. And I said to them last service, I said, what happens if you mess up at doing something I tell you to do? You're going to run, right? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Why do you believe you're going to run? Because you always make us run. I'm always the same with that, aren't I? You know your God's always the same? He says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever says he's faithful to perform his word. Well, if you don't believe that, you're not going to act like you believe that. If you haven't spent time reading that Bible, you're not going to know what he's done and how he acted. If you don't have a real relationship with him, you'll play religion. Jesus used to just rail at the religious. I love the example of the woman caught in adultery because it shows Grace. But he swung the stick sometime, didn't he? Remember the money changers? What did he do with the money changers? He whooped their tails and run them out of the, out of the temple, didn't he? Picked up a, a whip and started lashing them. You know, sometimes you need to stick. Most of the time, the people around you need grace. But every time, they need to see him. They need to see him shine through how you react when everybody's losing their mind. My grandpa was that guy for me. My grandpa was the guy, it didn't matter, the whole world would fall apart. My grandpa was right there in the middle fixing it. I'm positive I got Christmas gifts when I was young because he showed up and gave them to my mom because there was no way there was any money anywhere. You know, I know he stocked our cupboards sometimes. I know he did. This is a cool thing about my grandfather. My grandfather never talked about Got a bunch, but I'll guarantee heaven's lined with people who got saved, gave their lives to Christ, whatever, because of how he acted. When he died and got stood before God and got released, I'll I'll bet my life that there were a multitude of people standing behind there thanking him for just living it. I came to Christ because I seen you. It's funny too because the preacher that preached his his. Uh, Sermon told a story about how, and this guy was old. I mean, my grandfather was 80-something, and this guy was older than my grandpa. He says, I remember your grandpa. He said, one time I, I was pastor of a church he was going to, and um, I was about to go on vacation. And your grandfather gave me what today we call Pentecostal handshake. So he come up to you, he slapped my hand, and he left a $100 bill in my hand. He said, go get a fishing pole and go. I stuck with that guy for 50-something years. Just do it. Just be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. In Acts chapter 16, verse 22, I want you to just read this when you guys get home. But the apostle Paul is beaten. He's he's been before a council. They threw him in jail. They threw him in stocks, which is like a two-by-four rail to stick your bony butt on, and your legs are in in shackles, and your hands and your neck are in shackles like this. And at midnight, the Bible says he was praising and singing to God. Not about you, but I'd be like, "Get me out of here!" And he's praising God. I guarantee his butt was numb. His body was beaten. He's bleeding, and he's praising and singing God. Why? Why? Because he believed. Because it was real you live. I can tell you what you guys believe in by how you live, what you wear, how you act, what you say. So why do we need to do this? Because everyone is watching. We need to live it. We need to be authentic Christians. We need to be real. Because remember, that third definition about authentic was copied from the original, right? So if you're copied from the original, and they say you, then they can become authentic because they're following the original, right? Don't they need to follow the original? Is he around today? His word is, right? And his people are. See, so much fake religion, fake Christianity, which they call religion. God said we were supposed to be examples. John chapter 17, verse 18. Let me read this to you real quick. It says, As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. That means set myself apart. That they also may... Sanctify, be sanctified or set apart by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. that's you. Some of you guys believe because you read the Bible about the Old Testament saints, and you believe the word. And some of the people that were standing outside this area where he was talking to the believers, he's talking to the believers right here. He's about to leave this world. And he's saying, "Through you they're going to believe. That they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe you sent me. If you don't come to the knowledge that Jesus was sent from, from heaven by God to save you from the sins, you will go to hell. Simple as that. It's cut and dry. There is truth in this world, and that is it. But if they don't get told that, what are they going to do? They're going to perish, right? If they don't see it, they don't want it. Sometimes you can talk to your blue in the face. I've had kids on my football team. I talk to them to their blue in the face about how to do something and they won't get it. But if I'll get down on all fours or in a three-point stance and do it, they'll see it. And they'll go, "Aha! I can do that." Well, if you can live it, they can live it. Verse 26 says, And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. So if Jesus' love is in you, just like the Father's love was in him, it'll change you, it'll shape you, It'll make you attractive. Your relationship with Jesus should look just like his relationship with the Father. So, if you've got a telephone or something on, a pen and pencil, put it down, turn it off, close your eyes. So, most of these guys will tell you I'm not a man who mints his word. So right now I want you to answer yourself and I want you to ask God, is my Christianity real? Do I have a real relationship with you? Relationship with Jesus starts in the moment that you recognize that the God of the Bible is who he says that he is when you recognize that you are a sinner and you need a Savior and that the Father sent Jesus to save you from your sins. And when you commit to that, that relationship begins. So let me ask you, do you want that relationship with him? If you do, raise your hand up. Let's go get it right now. If you want to commit your life to Jesus Christ, raise your hand. Maybe you've made the commitment and you believed, but you're not living it. And you want to come back and get to living it. If that's you, raise your hand. Anybody else? Raise them up high. Maybe you're in here and you still want to raise your hand, but you know that you know that you need to be with him. Let's pray this prayer together, okay? God, I believe that you're real. I'm sure that I'm a sinner and that I need to be saved and forgiven. I believe Jesus died on a cross, rose again, paid the price for my sins. Right now, I commit my life to you. I ask you for your Holy Spirit to lead me in all truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. One last thing, okay? The way that you get to know somebody is to hang with them. You can read and learn all you want about your favorite sports star, but you don't really know them until you spent time with them. The way that you build faith, the Bible says, is by hearing the word. So in other words, you hear the Bible read out loud. The way that you get to know how Jesus acted, reacted, spoke, is to read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You want to see how his life affected people, you read Acts. Okay? One young man sat in that chair right there in the last service and said, you spend time in prayer. If you want to know me, you spend time with me. You ask me questions, right? How do you do this? Right? What would you do if this happened? Well, the Bible is full of what he did when this happened. And if you read the Gospels, you'll see that every time it was a tough thing coming, Jesus went away. He got by himself. And he talked to the Father. He prayed. You'll see sometimes that he dealt with grace and he dealt with firmness. You guys have got to spend time in his word to know who he is. You got to spend time around people who live it. Measure them against the Bible. You all should have been opening your Bible, making sure I'm telling you the truth. I appreciate that you trust Pastor Tim enough to listen. But the more that you spend time next to somebody, the more that you're going to be like them. And the more that you spend time away from them, the less you're going to be like them and the more you're going to be like the people around you. Okay, Open up the Bible. Spend time praying. If you're struggling with anything, you see all these green shirts? Green shirts, please stand. Come on, volunteers. Stand up. These guys got out of bed this morning because they wanted to come here and they wanted to help you. You got questions? Ask them. You got questions? Ask me. Definitely you should begin with Pastor Tim if you got questions. Okay, girls, Rachel, Rachel's got lots of answers, okay? But what happens here has got to affect what happens out there, or it's fake. Real or fake, which one are you? You're dismissed to hang out in the room, right? Okay. I want you to do me a favor, okay? In the next several weeks, you guys can sit down. I want you to tell these guys and Pastor Tim, what you think. What you think of them. I mean, these guys do a lot for you. I don't want you to pat them on the back, whether that's, you know, giving them some knuckles, giving them a big hug, tell them, I learned this. I learned that. This happened and I reacted because I remember you taught. Tell these guys, okay? But most important, get outside this building. And go be Jesus. Okay? That's authentic. That's real.